Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Potomac Season 5, Episode 9 holds one of the craziest fights in all Housewives history between Candace and Monique. Drinks are flying, hair is being pulled, people are bleeding. Actress, singer, Broadway star, Potomac superfan, and author of her new book, I'm No Philosopher, But I Got Thoughts. Kristen Chenoweth is diving in deep to dissect this episode. This is The Real Housewives of Potomac, Season 5, Episode 9, The Tipping Point. So this is unique because um, I haven't seen all series. Like, I, I when I left... You know, I'll watch occasionally, but I'm not this avid fan across. It's hard. It would be hard to keep up with all of them. I bet you're loyal to certain brands. You're loyal to certain uh, franchise cities. And I hear that this is one of them. Oh, yeah. That you're loyal. But are you loyal to all or this is like this is your ride or die? Um, My ride or die is uh, Beverly Hills. Well, right right now, Bethany, my ride or die is Utah. Oh, wow. Okay. I mean... What attracts you to a particular city? I think the combination of the energy of the women. So, um, okay, so this show, you will be more of an expert than I will. Okay. But I found this episode, you know, you haven't been on Rewives, and we have a, we share a publicist, and I'm sure she told you, this show is not about the housewives. This show is about the conversations with these episodes as vehicles. So this particular episode that we chose of Potomac, there are so many conversations to be had. And as I watched the episode, because I've never seen it, and I know that you have, I texted Candy Burris from Atlanta and said, will you come on in the middle of my podcast for 10 minutes? Because there's a topic that I don't think two white women can have an accurate perspective and insight on. So this morning I was watching the episode because, you know, I do homework for this. <laughs> and I said, 
interesting. I think I want to call. I, I texted Candy and said, I, I and she just came in blind. She said, I, I don't watch the show. I saw the clips, but sure. So we'll get into that and I'll get more specific so the audience understands. But for the first time ever, I'm going to have an actual housewife on the show because I just really did not feel like I, I cannot know what it would feel like to be a black woman in this particular experience that happens on this episode. And now I think it's a great episode to discuss. I'm glad you did that, Bethany, because I too have a couple of thoughts and opinions and questions about the episode. And one of the reasons I'm glad it's candy because one of the reasons I watch Atlanta is her. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, I don't know if you've met her, but you'll meet her today. I can't wait. Okay. So that's an extra treat. And it just literally was an impromptu text this morning while watching this, this, this episode. Okay. So this is the real housewives of Potomac. So many of you have seen it. Many of you have not. I had not. This is a conversation through which the show is a vehicle. So we're going to end up talking about issues that don't have to have to do with these particular women or the housewives or Bravo. So this show is in Potomac and these women are at a vineyard, I guess, and they're all talking and they're standing up. And my first impression was what a beautiful group of women. Aren't they? You know, like I just, it was a beautiful group of women. And, you know, I've watched Orange County and Orange County to me, if I had to describe it, it's very, it can be very authentic and it can get really messy. Like it's a messy show. And Atlanta's half messy to me. Like it can be really polished and then, then, then really messy. And Jersey's fairly messy to me. New York is a hybrid. Beverly Hills, they don't really act that messy. No. They might be yeah, right. because they have to act like they're very rich and above that, right. even though there are Lisa Rinna and, and Kim moments. So I'm watching the show and I'm thinking, Everybody's so mature and having such, you know, intelligent conversations and taking the right side of things. And they all get along so well. I'm thinking this. I'm thinking, wow, they all really seem to like each other. And one woman, um, Ashley, is married to what I think is he an Australian man. It seems like a wealthy Australian man based on the prenup discussion. I I can't tell if they're married or not. But yes, you're right. Wealthy Australian. So it seems. And by the way, this is I may get hate for this, but. You know, the women seem like hot and together and the men seem to me a little schlubby. So this guy, I am hearing an argument between, not an argument, I'm hearing a discussion, uh, a very calm, rational discussion between Ashley and these other women about the fact that her partner, life partner, was caught in a room on camera in his underwear with a woman and she knows about it and she's sort of going to forgive him and she wants to have a post-nup drawn up. And if he does this again, then it will really be the end. But she has had trysts with women coming into the relationship before Mm -hmm. and they all have this very adult conversation where everybody understands each other and it seems like a really interesting issue to to, to deal with. Yes, I agree. Um, Especially, you know, First of all, we we must learn, if not now, then when, cannot judge a book by its cover. So you wouldn't think looking at her, oh, they're in a three-way. But also, just because a woman says, that's okay with me, I agree to that, that's okay with me. And then she changes her mind after her children are born and says, you know what, it's not working for me. I actually love the way she handles her herself with this situation. She woke up one day and said, I've had these two kids. I don't think I want to do that anymore with my 
with my partner. I want it to be just him and him and me. And I think the reason she's wanting to forgive him and, and the ladies are having trouble with that, some of them, is because she knew what she agreed to. And now she's asking him to change. And so we're going to see if he can. She's willing to say, I want to give it a chance. You know, I want to see. And sometimes women, it's so interesting. We're supposed to be each other's ally, right? Instead of what are you insane? You can't do that. How about she wants to make it work? And so who Interesting. are we to judge? Who are we to oh. judge? Okay, so a couple, five different things came up in my mind. The first thought that I had was to prove your point that you made, you're a woman of faith, which doesn't mean <laughs> that you, you know, walked out of the show because you saw that a woman had been with another woman and a man. You may not live your life that way or choose to live your life that way, and maybe you do. And maybe you have your own, you know, your your relationship with God and how you run your own life and your own faith. But you're not one of these Twitter, bo- you know, bots saying you're wrong and being judgmental about this woman who has been okay with another woman coming into their relationship and also who isn't nailing her husband to the cross mm-hmm. for being in a room with a woman, being in a room in his underwear with another woman when... We haven't walked in her shoes and we don't know all the ingredients to that dish. That's right. What it like I said, many couples have agreements. Okay. My my man and I have an agreement that, hey, if one of us cheats, it's over. <laughs> That's okay. Our deal. That's our deal. But I don't know Ashley and her partners day to day. They clearly made agreement. She had no trouble sharing it. She had no trouble sharing what that agreement was. And now mm-hmm. it's changed. And okay. she's asking him to change. Okay. Also. Also, there's another character in this story, which is the show. So now you're bringing this onto a show, and sometimes you're reacting how you truthfully react if you're a really great housewife. It's challenging to do. But sometimes you're also reacting in a way because you're also talking to us, the audience. You're talking to your partner. You're talking to some girls that are judging about it. And you're talking to the audience, but understand that women on this particular show, and we'll get into the housewives overall, and is this okay in the grand scheme and pop culture, what these shows bring out in women. But when you're on these shows, it's a zero-sum game. Somebody's always winning and somebody's always losing. So having this sort of a gem for all the other women, it's like a feeding frenzy. It's like they're coming like parasites onto the main host to like rip at it, tear at it. And Ashley handled it perfectly because whether it's exactly what's going on in her relationship or what she did as a character on a show, Uh she walked in and she cut it off at the pass. Just like Danielle, when the table got flipped, she walked in and was like, hi, here's the book about me being arrested. She walked in, Ashley walked in and was like, hi, it's on the table. Here it is. Let's get into it. And it cleared, which is shocking. It, I thought so too because I've seen it when it doesn't clear, like you just mentioned. Denise Richards and Brandy Glanville did uh, not clear. It did not clear, and the Carol Radzwell book did not clear. You're so right. Oh, I forgot about that. It's cleared fast. Yeah, and because she nipped it at the bud, she took care of it right then. And and notice how she kept her calm. Yes, she, she didn't take the bait. She did not. And boy, did, is that a hey? That's a lesson for all of us. When when exactly. you are being challenged with something that is your authentic truth, and I believe it is her authentic truth, just because I watched the show from the beginning and I kind of saw how the relationship okay. was. 
Um, I got a good gut instinct about her. I don't know anything. I liked it a lot. I did too. I'm with you. I'm with you. But you're right. It's a lesson of how to handle yourself in business and a meeting. And a conflict is when you learn your greatest lessons. Like that's true. It's, it's when you're. It's when the heat is on. It's like you gotta not grip the steering wheel too tight, and you can't let go. You gotta just maneuver the vehicle, which is what she was doing. And I thought it was fascinating. But the other conversation that we can have is that I agree with what you said in the beginning. Relationships evolve and change. I'm in a long distance relationship. In the Uh beginning, we strangled the calendar. We wanted every single box to be filled with us being together every single time we could. It was perfect math. Every minute I can get there, you could get here. Well, business got in the way. My daughter got in the way. Wanting to lay and stare at the ceiling and, and not go anywhere got in the way. And we ended up evolving as to what we had as a formula that had to work. We could only work if we like glued it all together and we evolved and we became more mature and realized we like time alone and we like our own lives and our lives together and our lives with our own kids. Like it became a new recipe. And what a, can I just say, I mean, I have followed your journey and I don't know, I only know what the public sees. So, you know, God bless you, A. A, God bless you. B, the most important thing that you've done with your life. And, you know, I don't want to get into it too much because I have too much respect for you to talk about your child on on it. But to watch her grow just like the public, I've just watched her and be such a, so just darling. And you're obviously a good mom, but it brings up the question of how much are these women in Potomac and all of them willing to show the real that's the question you brought up, which I like, is how much are they willing to be like when I hear in a reunion? I, I don't know if I'm getting off topic here, but no, no, we talk, this is this is a show about the whole experience. Like it's not about. Yeah, it's not about these particular women only. When I hear in a in a reunion, well, you know, in the scene, you were it, it wasn't what it was supposed to be about. I get so mad because as an actor and pardon me, I, I hope this is mm-hmm. an, as an actor, I'm thinking, no, y'all. Scenes is when the dialogue is written, you memorize it, you have your intention, you know why you're moving there, you have relationships, you do dig deep about character. That's not what y'all are doing. So, it- but, it, it, but it's funny that you say that because it started off, and I'm not kidding you because I've been through, I was there and I talk about this all the time when we were doing our own makeup, sitting in our own ugly clothes and watched <laughs> it evolve into coming back after leaving three seasons and people had glam squads up in the Berkshires when we, who, no one's in the Berkshires, we're not seeing anyone. So then I started watching Denise Richards come in in shorts, which is normal on a vacation and you have gone I with the it. wind ball gowns, but, but she can't keep up because she has to go that way because otherwise she's going to look like a frump because they're all wearing go- so so the worm turned because there were five housewives when I started uh, 10 housewives when I started and now there have been 145 so we didn't have we I never heard the term storyline I even used myself term character we never had character and we didn't say a scene because it's it what it just wasn't that it was really more real and that's why you know me and Kelly with I'm up here, you're down here was a subtle moment because it wasn't this giant produced thing. And right. it's self-produced. It's just, it's a combination of the producers have to have to elevate the game and the women have come in with a pre- preconceived notion because they've seen all the other episodes of all the other shows before they go on. Well, it worked, so they're gonna, it yeah. worked me when I hear the word agenda. She had an agenda. I'm like, I'm yeah. starting to see that. And then when I hear the word storyline, as you brought up, oh, that irritates me. Because I'm like, wait, am I getting played? 
Yes. I, but but Bethany, yet yet I still watch. And you, it's a I, combination. Yeah. A hybrid. Because I'm an actress, actor, I do know when I'm being played too. So I, I just go along with it until I get until I get to the real stuff. And one of the reasons I, I like Salt Lake City is because I'm not seeing or hearing those kinds of words. Well, that's why when I say that Orange County is messy and Jersey is messy, it's because it's not self-produced. Beverly Hills is self-produced. I've seen it. I've been there. They're controlling themselves. They're really concerned about how to play the game and manipulating the system because they can because they have massive houses and great bags and can get away with a lot of logos and things like that to 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 drive it. And but it will always catch up with you. What I mean it is something will you. always happen. It turn on you. Well, it turns on you, but also the story will always come through and something will end up happening. And so the game starts to move too fast. You can't really control this car that long. You can try for certain moments that you are sensing on camera, but you can't, you can't control this whole process. It just doesn't work. It will, it will drive you. So don't worry. It, it all comes out. But, but the messier shows are the ones where the people like Teresa or Nini or Vicky, the people that I put on my Mount Rushmore, the people that I put on my Mount Rushmore are not because they're perfect and not because right. everybody might like them the most. It's because they really were just real and not self They're being they're just, true, authentic selves. Right. Even Portia, who's a phenomenal housewife, it's very like elaborate and <laughs> very glamorous and it's not the same. So that's just my definition of a Rushmore. I know. Um, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So now you go into mo- that word mom shame and it wasn't even correctly used, but I did understand the meaning. Um, uh, it was Monique, who, who said, Monique said to Candace, you wouldn't understand because you don't have kids. Those throwaway comments that we are dissing someone else who doesn't have kids, which is like age shaming. I, it was, it was like reverse mom shaming. I would call it. I thought it was below the belt. I didn't Same. have kids. I didn't, I don't have children, but I have kids that I mentor and that means something to me and that I have an opinion on because I help raise them. Okay. And I have, you can a, have an opinion. You don't have to have a child to get us. You were a child. Like, you know what I'm saying? You can have an opinion on something that, that, that you don't directly experience, but it was also, even if you didn't have an, even if, even if a, a person who's not a mom doesn't exactly understand it, you, you, that's a dig. It's a dig. It was like a, za- it, it, and someone can't control it either. It's like calling someone ugly because there's nothing you could do. Like they are saying your teeth and it's just so mean because it's like, there's nothing to say to it. Comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... 
same old up. Oh, and catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I used to have so many men how this beguiling woman in her 50s she looked like a million bucks with zero qualifications she had a harvard plaque tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents she's got all of these maseratis and bentley's all in the driveway is it like a mansion yes it's a mansion that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes about six million approximately 11 million dollars nearly 10 million dollars was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry she would probably have sex with one of her clients hide your money in your old rich men because <laughs> she is on the prowl listen to queen of the con season five the athlete whisperer on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Now we got to now we got to get into this. So everybody's calm and rational about, you know, about having three ways and and men in their underwear with with women in 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 the room and what was it a hooker? Is that where Yeah. That was, I mean, they're not they're not saying that, but they allude to that. That it's a hooker and we this girl this this person what sold the pictures like ratted him out. That's, that's what happened. Not, yeah. She did. Okay. That's what that's what uh, Ashley is saying. That she, she she knew what she was doing with her husband. The lady, okay. the lady knew what she was doing. Okay, well, great. So yeah, of course, it's nothing to do with him, and of course, he's guilt free. But I mean, right, of you, course, yeah. let's not forget that. No. Okay, so I'm I'm so impressed by the rationale here, and everybody's so mature. And then the shit goes sideways. So. I I mean, we're going to talk about this normally, but it's not even supposed to be talked about normally because it's totally so unacceptable for women to be acting this way. And we're going to get Candy on in a minute to talk about this, but let's just get started. So Monique, the way, the, the way that I saw it is that Monique is in Candace's face, but they're both taunting each other. I don't, I see it like- They're poking each other for sure. Right. They're two like, you know, they're, they're poking each other. And she says, what do you want to drag me? Like they know they're in on TV. They know they're in a scene. They know it's getting crazy. And they really are like intoxicated by the wine, by the scene, by the moment. And it's just, it's just, it's just escalating. Yeah. Right. So Monique was holding on to Candace's hair. They didn't seem to be able to let go. And why, like why? Because it was, that's like the competition was right there. Like, yeah, they I mean, were holding on. I get the feeling, and I, I could be wrong, but I get the feeling, Monique, that's one not to cross. Here's what I thought. Here's what I thought, and I could be saying this all wrong. Candace is this cute little pageant girl and very, very smart, by the way. 
and she's probably doing the scene. This is what I gather from it. That she was the scene. And I think Monique went, hey, the scene is done. Like I've never seen, I've never seen that on all of the housewives. I've seen Nene, I've seen Sheree, I've seen Kim Zolziak with with that weave situation in the street. With mm-hmm. uh, I think it was, I don't know who was pulling each other's hair, but like this was, it's I've her seen Nene. Kim. It was her Nene, I think. Right, I've seen that situation in the closet with Nene and the camera guys. And I've seen uh, Ramona with the wine glass and Kim Richards and Lisa Rinna with the wine glass. This was next level. Yeah, because of the re- because of the um, the uh, repeat, she wanted to go back. Here's what I thought when I saw it. Um, she's going to go back. I don't think Monique felt like she was being heard. And then I think Candace in the background. You hear her still name calling when they're pulled apart. I mean, they're both doing it, but Monique is standing in that hallway. You know, she's standing in the hallway waiting and listening with the, the producer. Yeah. And Candace is still in the call her name. And that's what Monique was going to leave. And she still hears Candace. Oh, Candace is still calling her name. And that's why. Oh, she, I don't... And I don't know if she was going to go to hit her or anything. I think she just wanted to still have that. Hey, listen, I, I can still hear you. And I also think she probably wanted to be on camera. Like, do y'all hear this? Do y'all hear this? Does that make sense? I, it does. Now, I heard that they sued each other, which is a joke because they both, it's ridiculous. And yeah. also, I don't even think that's allowed in your contract. I think like you can't sue someone else, but it doesn't matter. Anybody can sue anything, buddy, for anything. And I also, I heard that they sued each other, but I heard that um, Monique ended up, and this is the thing. Sometimes people apologize, not because it's what they thought was wrong in the moment. It's because of how the audience reacted, which is a positive about the show because someone gets to really reflect on how most people would see your behavior. So I guess the audience, if they're like you and I, reacted that, and it's not fair because both of them were so wrong, but Monique took it to another level. Say something? Yeah. This is when your mother tells you your whole life or your father or whoever says how you react is going to be character telling. And in the beginning of Potomac, one of my favorites was Monique. One of my favorites was Monique. I liked everything about her. When that And Candace kind of, you know, graded on me a little bit. Irritated even though I, you. Yeah, okay. even though it's, it's horrible. But especially how how I've seen her grow and evolve. Okay. But in that moment, for some reason, my opinion changed. And I felt badly because I thought Monique was the one I liked so much. Mm. And now I have this feeling about her that I don't, I can't shake. I got over it because I saw her like reflect. And I don't know if it was part of the show or not, but I really feel like I saw her family come together and surround her. I loved that. I loved her husband coming to say, you know, she could, she snapped and, you know, her husband protected her and her husband said, we will not do this name calling thing. And I love it when he said at the reunion, I play chef, not checkers. Well, thank you. I say that all the time. Well, it's funny that you said, so people make mistakes all the time. And I was just talking to a business owner who made a big mistake. And um, I said to them, and I still don't think they handled the mistake properly. And I said, listen, I'm not immune to mistakes as a business owner. Anybody can make a mistake. How do you handle it? And I say this to my daughter all the time. You can be right and make yourself wrong so quickly. Uh, you can be totally right and become wrong. Bingo. So this jumped the shark. And I have never seen, I've never seen women act like this. 
and how your parents told you to behave. And you can't be an adult behaving in a way that you learned as a child. We're just not allowed. If I acted the way that I saw at the racetrack, people think I'm abrasive now. What I've lived through as a child, the abuse and alcoholism and gambling and the racetrack is, is not fit. And I'd be, I'd be right in there with the two of them. Cause I have gotten into fistfights with people in my life. I have, you know, I, I know, and I hear you. And I think where I struggle, and this is where Candy can help, help us talk about it is because I had a picture the way Monique presented herself was class act, a, a do good for others. And I still think she does, by the way. I think she her heart's in the right place. I think. But when that happened, I started questioning my, mm, right. Maybe that was just pretend. And the truth is. Now, this is the real. And, but back to the being a parent or not being a parent, when you saw her. Tr- in the scene really close after when you saw her washing her cute, adorable daughter's hair in the sink with the husband, who's the football player, you thought she's a mother. She, and I, the first thought I had was you are a role model and that you're even talking to your husband about this in front of your daughter and they are sponges. So your daughter knows what you're talking about. Yes. And there's yes. a conversation in your house about you beating the shit out of another woman and you have a daughter. And like, how's that cycle not going to continue? Uh, beyond it was the worst it's the worst example to set for a child and her husband you could tell he totally disagreed with her even with her telling the story from her perspective her husband disagreed and I think he should have been even firmer like absolutely not no thank you that is unacceptable you laid your hands on somebody else and that's unacceptable so Candy you know like that scene to me was like he was letting her know on her show that it's not acceptable the way she behaved Uh, is uh, Candy here she's here okay good Comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, sham, scam, 
beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Hi, Candy. Hi, I love you. What's up? How y'all doing? We're good. I told Kristen that I was watching this episode that I know you haven't seen, but you've seen the clips. And I thought to myself, I have an opinion on what happened. I'm not blind. But the next scene that we're about to discuss and the next topic on the show, I don't have a clear opinion on. So what I was saying is that, you know, some of the messier shows like Orange County can get really messy. Mm -hmm. And Jersey, to me, can get really messy. And Atlanta's half messy, half, half messy and half like, the Beverly Hills polish where people are, you know, fronting and stunting. (laughs) No, but sometimes I think like, I think like Nene was messy, but Portia, you know, it's all the, the, the beautiful gone with the wind, you know, dresses and the Kenya, like there's just a different vibe. Meaning I find that orange County, they'll just say absolutely anything at all times. And I feel Mm -hmm. like Atlanta's always been my favorite, but it can be messy and it can be polished. So I hadn't seen the show and there are different, you know, Beverly Hills is usually trying to be polished, but there have been glasses thrown and, and, okay. and there have been messy moments. But I have not yet seen on The Housewives a scene this messy. So there's a moment where a woman, Ashley's husband, is caught uh, in a room with what seems to be a prostitute and everybody's so rational and mature talking about it. And I'm like, wow, these women are so polished and like just <laughs> rational. And the next minute, the next minute, this woman, Monique and Candace, are literally ripping each other. Worse than the, the the Sheree, Kim, Nene, like worse than the closet at Nene's house, ripping hold, ripping each other's hair out, holding on to each other like two men in a fight in an alley. Like not, like insane. But in so, my, I just want to interject this though, Candy. I think that what I saw is I thought yeah. it was really, really Monique not letting go. I mean, I think at one point I saw. Uh, definitely. Yeah. It was a hair pull, basically. Yeah. And she yeah. was popping her on the head while she was pulling her hair. But it was like really one person was fighting. The other person was really trying to get loose. Right. <laughs> oh, she was. She wasn't holding on to. She, no, like, like she was oh. trying to get, get her. Away. Get away. Yeah. Okay. And then Monique wanted to go back in for seconds. That's. She wanted to go. That wasn't enough. And she had a, a, a bloody lip and she wanted to go back in, Candy. And I said, then she's in the kitchen and her husband is effectively letting her know it's that is unacceptable. And she's got a daughter that she's washing her daughter's hair, having this conversation. And it's so clear 
to me, this is such a bad example. So that's like where we are right now. And we all, okay. I guess, agree. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, right. I mean, but as far as like, and, and, and I, I, would have, I agree with you about what happened as far as like, you know, it was a bad example or whatever. But what I don't agree on, I feel, I feel like there have been other examples on other shows kind of like, you know, on Jersey with the fight. They've had all out brawls where everybody's jumping in or table flips. And, you know, they really look like they were trying to get at each other. But to me, like this one, yeah, she got drugged. Same thing on our show with the year that Portia grabbed um Kenya and snatched her and drug her across the floor basically by her. Hair. Like, okay. I forgot okay. about that. Right. I forgot about that at the, I forgot about that. And also I guess what it was was that at first of all, I sort of give women more credit than men for the fight. So at the christening or it was a I think it was a christening or it was a mm-hmm. it was a bunch of men like in a brawl and other people getting involved like you'd see in a movie fight or Jerry Springer because right, right. I talked about it. Mm-hmm. Um this the the the, the, the t- intensity and such a close proximity was what was really like riveting to me. It was just so like tight and you could see it definitely was hurting. It just felt very uh, yeah. it, it felt very intense to me versus like just like sloppy. I have hair extensions. You know that hurt. That hurt. <laughs> yeah, because she had on a wig, and I'm like, it probably was hurting because I'm sure getting your rip, your wig ripped off. Yeah. So the reason on the show, Candy, it's not really about the episode. It's about the topic. So the reason okay. I wanted to talk to you is because Wendy is saying that she's fighting so black women can have a seat at the table and you fought so hard to have a seat at the table and be respected. Mm-hmm. And this was a conversation with the Will Smith slap. I'd never even thought of that aspect, but people were saying, you know, this is not good for black people when a man goes up and slaps somebody, you know, on a stage. And obviously that wasn't my first thought at all. I didn't think of that. Mm-hmm. So that was a conversation. And then here, this woman on the show is having this conversation saying, we fought so hard to have a seat at the table. And this is the opposite of what we want. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, well, sloppiness has happened. Arguments have happened on Orange County. And and there's been Lisa Rinna throwing a glass. And, you know, it's not it's not obviously relegated to black women. But if black women have fought so hard, twice as hard to get to the same place, where do you stand on this? Like when you see this as a black woman and you see two black women on television, mm-hmm. two smart, you know, beautiful women on the show that five minutes before I'm like thinking how rational everyone is about this, like, you know, three people in a relationship in this hooker situation. And then I go to this, I instantly thought I want to call Candy and get her take because you don't really lose your cool that often. You are smart. You're a business woman. I lose my cool. I definitely lose my cool. But like this? Okay, so you speak. Yeah, because I mean, if we also think about the year that, um, what was that? That we had the slumber party and I told somebody I was going to drag her or whatever. Um, There's definitely been moments where I definitely wanted to put my hands on somebody on the show. Really, this season while we were filming, I wanted to put my hands on somebody (laughs) on the show. It hasn't come out yet, but I felt that way. But overall, I kind of feel like as Black people, the difference in us and you know everybody else is like black people do care about how we're perceived in public because we feel like how one represents us publicly affects everybody else i think it's a lot different with uh, no offense with you guys (laughs) it's kind of like if you know two white women have a fight on you know whatever show you don't look at it and be like oh they're making all white people look bad but with us 
if we see two black women having a show, we're like, they're making black women look bad. And it's because at the end of the day, it's like, we, we felt like for a very long time, we didn't have as many great representations or our stories being showed in a better light. You know, we were always looked at, you know, our representations that were on television for a long time was, oh, the ghetto, oh, the pimp, oh, the, mm. you know, the gang person or the bad guy in the movie. Our, we don't get the, you know, representation of being the affluent or the, you know, or the person that's the most educated or whatever for for a very long time. And so now, um, now that we are on television and now reality TV tends to show most of the negative, you know, um, mm -hmm. black people, we don't like that because yeah. at, overall, you know, we know that we get judged more, har har more harshly than any other race. Typically, you know, I know before when I was first thinking of coming on the show, a million years ago. Um, I remember, you know, I came in on season two, but season one had already played and I was talking around a group of friends and I was saying, yeah, you know, they approached me about being on Real Housewives and they were like, oh, you should do that show. That's a bad representation of black women, you mm -hmm. know, all this stuff. And I said to them, I was like, well, if you think that that was a bad representation of black women and you think I'm a good representation, why wouldn't you want me to do it? Exactly. And exactly. <laughs> so but overall um I, because you're I at a don't... change you want to see on tv because you you you've been seeing these characters as the the gangster and the bad per and an unintelligent person and exactly. you want to be the change that you want to see on tv so that's a great reason to be on tv for you yeah yes. and i don't always you know I, I mean like i said i don't always hit the bar but overall it's like you do want people to understand like okay because if all you're seeing is oh the angry black woman or this lady likes to fight or whatever if that is the perception that the world is seeing on a regular basis of black women then when it comes time to hire that person for a certain position you're like oh i don't know if i want to hire her because you know they're angry <laughs> you know what i mean you don't want that you know so it's it, and so i think that's why it's very important to black people to be represented well in the public eye because we know we always get you know thrown in a bunch and judged by whatever you know the overall perception is of black people instead of just you know judging each person by that person when you meet them and when you so you said so is do you have some sort of subconscious switch that you don't switch on when you said you wanted to put your hands on somebody are you i mean is, that, is this even possible for you to think this quickly in that moment or why didn't you go off um i think sometimes you know sometimes we click out right to where a person pushes out put buttons to the to the extent of you know we lose it you know everybody mm -hmm. has a moment where you lose it right yeah but um i think for me it's like once the moment is over and, you know, of course, you know, everybody's trying to break it up. But then I always tell myself in like one instance this year, the one that I said hasn't come out yet. I was like, I'm leaving. I'm not going to stay here in the scene after the argument happened. And I said what I said. I was like, it's time for me to go because I know I'm already at that level of anger that if I stay, it could get to that level. So let me leave because I don't want that to be the representation that I leave on this show. Right. So it's, right. it's cooler minds prevail. Like you would give the advice to yeah. say, 
take one second, take a beat, and try to be able to play the chess game. Like think you about have to this take a beat. steps forward. You definitely have to take a beat. I mean, I know for myself, it's like I can go from being totally calm and I'll talk to you for so long. But if it's, you know, if like all that, you know how some people like to put their finger in your face or, you know, or that thing that Monique was doing, flipping her hair. Oh, I would have lost it on the first flip. Like, do not. It's taunting. It's taunting. (laughs) Right. Right. And so, I mean, I think some of it is understandable to anybody of any race. It just depends on your background. Some people, their buttons aren't as easy to be pushed. But, you know, at the same time, if I act out compared to you acting out, it's like, I'm looking at as the angry Black woman. you just like, you had a bad day. That's why I I called you. Because I wanted to know if, when you saw that clip, if the first thought you had wasn't, oh my God, that's fucked up, that fight between those two people, or if the first fight was like, that's not how we act. Like, you know, when you're saying to your daughter, like if your daughter does something, then I'll look at my daughter and be like, right. no. Yesterday I said, you got to thank this person. She said, oh, they know. I said, no, call them because you want to be known for the person who thanks them. Like whatever it was. Right. That's what I, so you're, th- I'm, the first thought I'm having with her is like, no, that's not how it goes. So were you thinking when that happened on TV, like, as a, you're thinking about how she's representing black women, not just two yeah. women fighting. Well, me personally, I don't fall into that because I mean, I definitely have gotten to a point where I'm just like, I don't really care what people think. You know, you have to be you at all times. Mm-hmm. But I do know how overall, like my family, my mama, everybody is like, oh, they're making us look bad. Oh, you know what I mean? So wow. I know that thought process, you know, um, you just gotta, it's, 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 it's historic realistically because you know for so long it's like you know black people have wanted to become more educated that's why they say now you know black women are like you know some of the percentage wise one of the highest percentage of people graduating from college because now it's like oh we have to be educated we have to be this you know so that people can stop looking at us like oh you're not on this level right but i noticed a long time ago and i don't know if you guys would agree but I personally feel like housewives, especially all the different, um, all of the different housewives, you know, City. we have kind of played into the stereotypes of what people think about each region. Yeah. Meaning, yes. Um, even though we don't necessarily try. So meaning, and I'm not trying to say this in any type of racist way or whatever. I'm just saying what people historically categorize each type of person right so say for instance you know jersey mostly italian women Mm -hmm. you know they have had the crazy blow-ups with their family or the you know you know and people have said historically oh italians are hot-headed la 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 you know so even though i'm sure they didn't try to play into the stereotype things like that have happened on their show or when you think housewives of oc you think oh blonde hair this that oh they don't you know, kind of. I agree it. with what you're saying. You know, and so they're, you know, yeah. You know, oh, getting um, wasted, getting into girl fights, like, blind, right. cr- you know, yeah, they, it's totally true. It's totally true what you're saying. Absolutely. 
Yeah, and it's between the producers and the cast that like New York is trying to pretend they're elevated and intelligent in some way, which they're not more. I've worked with them and they're not more intelligent than people on other casts. Beverly and Hills, you, Beverly Hills, Bethany. I mean, yeah, that's trying right. to pretend everybody's so rich, even though they're not. Right. You're richer than many people on Beverly Hills. One hundred percent. That's that's a that's totally true. They're, everyone's playing into the stereotypes. Yeah. And so I don't think that we try to, but sometimes there is a little bit of a stereotype within a certain group that is naturally there. I mean, at the end of the day, I am a black woman. I feel like I'm a very intelligent. I am a businesswoman, but do not come up in my face thinking you're going to be doing all of this because yes, I will check you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And if yeah. that's a stereotype of a black woman, then that would be me. <laughs> I understand. There's a lot, but there's a line. Well, then I guess you're saying there's a line. And yeah. that scene that we're talking about today seems to mean in any situation, any color of anyone's skin that crossed that line. Yeah. I mean, I feel like um, I don't really like I said, you know, I didn't really know what the, what sparked the argument between those two women. But I know Pot- Potomac specifically, they carry themselves at a higher standard for black yes, women. It feels, it feels right? yes. They so definitely, you know when they compare them to, I guess, the Housewives of Atlanta, you know, um, people- It's Beverly Hills and OC. They're trying to create that. They're Beverly Hills and Atlanta. Now, mind you, um, Potomac is near DC. It's more of a political town. Yes, the Black women there are more- you know, oh, we have to look this way. We, but it's a political town that they are surrounded by. You get what I'm saying? I know. I told you, your Atlanta's a town for music. Yeah, we're a town. So for it's more free and creative, and yeah, and that's more yeah. like stodgy and near DC. That makes perfect sense too. It's a right. good. Take. So, um, I am shocked that they did have a fight because they always trying to say that they're, you know. Well, that's what I'm saying. So I hadn't happened from Potomac, y'all. That I was like, I expected this one thing, and then I think that's Bethany when we were talking earlier. That shocked me the most. I was like, Oh, Potomac. Oh, okay. Is that the real person then? Oh, the facade there that was broken. That's good. Then yeah, that's that's interesting. As somebody who watched it, as just somebody who watched. I think most of the girls that feel that way. I mean, like I said, it's like we can't allow, and I think this is society, we cannot allow what happens between the two women to represent the whole group. Amen. Amen. And that's the problem. It's like everybody, you see what happens between one you know, set of people and then you judge the whole group. And that's the whole problem that Black people have with our representation on television you know we want to see us you know in a better light oh see more represented you know see us represented better like oh because they're in in whatever race you're in you're going to have people that are rich more educated you're going to have some that are broke that's not doing well it don't matter what race you are but typically when it comes to black people if you think you know people think oh yeah i need to get with you know the people that are really making moves in this category or whatever tech or whatever it may be people won't be like oh let me get with this group over here the black people (laughs) like they're not thinking of us when it comes to those you know in those rooms whereas we do have a lot of people that are successful in that area um like tanya who was on our show her her husband he's still making major moves in tech he's so you know millions and millions of dollars and but when you think you're not thinking of black people you know what I'm saying? So I just use them yep. as an example to say, you know, it doesn't matter 
you know, what race you're in, you're going to have somebody that's elevated in every, every area of every race. But uh, typically people don't look at black people as the ones who are top unless unless it has sports, unless it's sports or unless it's music, music or entertainment or whatever. Then they think of us. Right. But mm -hmm. typically. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not really looking our way. So that's why we want to show, you know, better representation of ourselves when it comes to television, because that's what people are watching. And then it's crazy because like we got to think not just black people here. That's just here in the United States. But overall, as a society, as Americans, when people from overseas look at us, they always think Americans are crazy. They're wow. this, they're that because they're just seeing what they see on TV. Well, you're amazing. I really appreciate the perspective. I am so happy that I called Texas you guys. and I thank you very much. I'm glad that I called you because we could not have had this conversation without you. And I'm so grateful. I appreciate you, Candy. Thank you. Oh, yeah. I had a great time talking to you guys. Bye. Awesome. Bye. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, Sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. 
Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know what I was just thinking? What Candy said, Bethany? Um, what? I was thinking about Oklahoma, where I'm from, where I'm originally mm-hmm. from. If they were to do a Housewives of Oklahoma, when she was talking about, you know, the way people look, I thought, what would Oklahoma be like? Okay, we'd be talking to each other in a kind way. And I love my Oklahoma women. I mean, I'm from there. That's what, and then we'd kind of turn around. We'd have a big problem with somebody, but we'd turn around and talk about it with somebody else. Bless her heart. And we'd think about it forever and forever. And we'd build this story. We'd we'd write a story. And then that story is the story of the show. And I just thought we would nice each other to death. It would never work. It would never work. Well, I thought it was interesting because I walked into the show and they had this intelligent, polished, you know, really seemingly orchestrated conversation, about elevated conversation about the other matter. And she was right. I didn't know that they were perceived as more highbrow. And no. it just took a, t- it just took a turn. So, okay. So we did that. That's amazing. I mean, that's amazing. Totally. And I'm glad you called her. I'm, are, we are, right? We're glad I called her. Okay, great. So it was great. I needed that perspective. I don't have it. So, um, so now you have um, the, the therapy between Karen and her husband, which I thought was so interesting. They, I like that scene because they were honest yeah. and you get into therapy with a spouse or a partner or even without therapy, you just sometimes have to talk to each other and say, hi, like, how do you think this is going? Like, why are you even with me? Or what do you want? Or where are we in this? And she said she was in love with him. And he said he honestly said he didn't know, but he wasn't. And it wasn't like one of these things where I felt uncomfortable because it was on camera in the way that I did with the, uh, with, with, with the man who cheated on his wife, like their prenup conversation was, was awkward. This was just like honest. She put him on TV with a therapist and he answered honestly, like he, he didn't, he wasn't on a script. I thought it was really real. I loved it too. And that's why I love, I actually love that Karen. I mean, she's a pot stirrer, but I like her, but, but I felt like here's what I thought as a watcher, I felt like this was authentic, that she did not see that one coming. And also I thought about it myself. How would I feel after many years of marriage and having kids and we're in the twilight years, you know, how would I feel if my husband, if I said, I love, and by the way, I'm in love with you still, Ray, how, or whoever, how would you feel if the guy said, your husband, your mate of all these years said, I love you. And, she, and you say, but are you in love with me? And he said, I know I love you. Am I in love with you after all these years? I mean, you know, because the truth is, Bethany, we know that relationships evolve and change. I always will be in love with um, Josh. Are there going to be times, I'm sure, when he's like, I need five minutes, I need a break from you for a second because you're driving me crazy. It's just the truth. 
relationships. I don't, and I don't, I think those are just words too. I think in this moment when you asked him on television in a scene when she's working and he's probably bored and it's been 20 years. And I feel that way sometimes after four years, we all feel, I don't think the language, he knew the language. It's just like, he, he doesn't feel like he's in love with her in that moment. Cause you could get your period and not feel like you're in love with someone. Like you could be hormonal. Like what does it even mean? They're together all these years. They're with the same person. They're what partnership. Like you don't know all the time where, how you are. It changes every day. It does. And yeah, like you said, moment, one time I asked my mom, I said, mom, what's the key to your relationship with dad? And she goes, well, I love him, but I can't bear him. And I thought it was a hilarious answer, but I mean, we've all been there. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So what about the, um, the prenup and postnup conversation. I thought that I was, was sweating. I was sweating. I mean, it didn't seem like he knew that was coming. She's allowed to do whatever she wants based on what just happened. Like, it's almost like, you know what I mean? Like, he, he doesn't really have a lot of leverage in the conversation. But is there a dynamic? This guy's got money. Is there like, is that why this prenup, that's, postnup conversation is happening? Uh, that's what it's about. So this um, guy's because because she's very attractive and she seems really sweet. Yeah. And... He seems not that interesting to me. I'm not. I'm not getting what's going on. He, no, he I'm. Looks- I ha- I'm not, and I haven't from the beginning. But for whatever reason, she did, and there. I think there must be a lot of things off camera that I don't see because I okay. too question it. But one thing that bothered me about that scene that I well, one thing that made me sad um, is I felt like God. Is this the first time she's been able to feel safe or? connected enough to be able to tell him in front of a therapist because he the reason i ask that or say that is because he did seem oh wait you're talking about karen now no i'm talking about um oh sorry okay got it oh because she said we should go talk to is that am i mixing yeah i'm like didn't they talk about it before because he did seem very generally generally surprised when she asked the question in front of the therapist and i felt bad that she that they didn't have that conversation at home i just felt like it seemed like a surprise all the way around and I hated it not for him just I th- I hated it for her I thought oh she couldn't she didn't feel comfortable talking about it and with him alone does that make sense unless the producers have said you have to talk about this I've had really awkward conversations on camera that I really didn't want to have and the other person doesn't either yeah. I just never understand the man signing up for this I haven't I don't know how much he's been involved in the show but there's no upside to a successful wealthy man being on the show. There's no upside to a successful, wealthy person being on the show. I agree. It is all downhill. Like it is all exposure and putting yourself at risk and anything can happen. Like, so I don't understand except for the fact that if this guy loves, if, if he loves, if he loves her and wants to stay with her and he's screwed around and gotten caught that this is the mea culpa that she's going to say to him on camera, are you giving me a post up? Then I logically understand that. But short of that, I don't understand. My fiance would never have any conversation on television. I couldn't say to him, what did you eat for lunch? He would he would, he would, would not be on TV for that. You know, I John, can't imagine. He said to me the other day, please don't ever let us be on a reality TV. I say, Josh, no. Like, no, no I'm not that. Paul wouldn't, Paul wouldn't wave to me. He wouldn't stand in a corner and support me at an event. Like, he just, he just wouldn't. Much less have me say to him, should we do a post-up? He, he wouldn't do it for $50 million. There's no, there's no upside to this. So yeah. I don't understand these scenes and what's going on unless it's just because he owes her one. I think that when they met, this is a very short take on it. When they met, they were having fun. He fell, he fell in love with this fun, easy breezy. She'll kind of go along with whatever. And then what happens every time 
people get married for whatever reason it gets serious like life comes in like you said reality sets in mm-hmm. and you have to figure out oh it's not just this weekend we're going to be together we have to set that aside and we have to wait for the next time and that life happened and he was like whoa whoa this is what i gather from watching it whoa 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 wait i thought we had this and now it's an evolving 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 plus we saw him stress out over a restaurant that looked really bad to me on television that he owned and then we saw that and then he was really rude to her and i just kept saying get out get out he just seemed not he didn't have fun with her anymore that's what it seemed and and also sometimes marriages like the idea of the action and the fame and the light of the show and they think together it's gonna be a fun adventure might save their marriage it's happened all the time and it is not a good idea for relationships so last and last question speaking of relationships is um jamal and giselle (laughs) and and that and i this is where i i don't know if i'm judging i'm not judging him he has eight or nine baby mamas but like i cannot imagine this is where the line of judgment is where for me i cannot imagine wanting to be in a relationship with someone who had eight or nine children from eight or nine other people and i thought she was such a class actor saying i won't comment out of respect for their mothers, but I also think she doesn't want to be judged on that too. What the hell? Like, I, I don't. I, I don't understand. I've spent a wee bit of time with her, and I know I am gathering. This is my opinion, Bethany. Of course, I am gathering that that deeply hurt her. This because I think there was a time where she was considering it. Like that's her family, and that was mm-hmm. her first she's got these two girls and then when all this started happening you can only forgive so much and right. she's also being a woman of faith him being a minister and maybe this is where i have to say okay lord help me not judge because i do tend to look at him and go how are you leading a congregation i would say this to any minister of any faith how are you and then continuing to to do that well it's funny because candy feels that when she sees women arguing like that or her family feels that that's a bad representation for black women and you must cringe when something happens with a priest or a minister so it's a religious figurehead and you're sitting there talking about religion and faith and people are saying oh great and and judge you on that another thing that they're two-faced about and it bothers bothers the crap on me thank you for bringing that up it really bothers me i'm like dude yeah represent represent and you're not doing and you're showing your daughters how to treat a woman it makes yes. me makes me mad. And to be Intr- a good Christian and you're doing that? Mm. Yes. So interesting. We had race and religion come up in this episode based on representation. Yeah. You don't you make a choice to be a religious figurehead. You got to think about what you're doing and where you're putting it. You just said the keywords, Bethany. You make a choice. If he just cho- chose not to live in the limelight or put himself on cuz he seems full willing and able to do it. She's right. When I've seen, you know, when white women fight, there's below the belts, there's all these things, the glass is thrown, but we're just having a temper tantrum. And also we don't say it's a bad example of white women because she's right about that. Yeah, you're right. She nailed it on that. Yeah, you nailed it. I so appreciate you for coming on. I hope you see it's like not about, it's not really about the show. It's about what I love it. I actually love it because it's in depth and it brings up a lot of topical conversations that we should be having and especially today and i really appreciate it i appreciate it too you are awesome as i knew you would be but yay so proud yay i'm so excited for this episode i can't wait to talk to my producers when you get off and us to tell each other how wonderful everything is. <laughs> thank you babe i love everything that you're doing in this life congratulations thank you likewise thank you bye hen. 
acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.